Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey! Where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com news. On this episode, we speak with Jennifer Knezic to give us details as far as what's going on down in Houston with the recovery from Hurricane Harvey. Also, we talk a little bit of DACA and also a little bit about Colin Kaepernick and the NFL. So all this on this episode of Trench Chat. Stick around. to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you would like to connect with us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. I write for politichicks.com. If you want to read some of my articles, just go to politichicks.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. Also, the new book from Politichicks, Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And I encourage everyone to get not only one copy, get a get a couple copies, <laughs> and hand them out to your friends. Just it's over 300 pages from contributors like myself talking about healthcare, education, um, social issues, just overall general political issues. And the article that is in the book that I contributed to is in activism. Um, section so and talks about me being a delegate at the Republican National Convention last year so with all that I mean that's more than enough reason for you to get the book so (laughs) definitely pick that up and like I said we will speak with Jennifer Knessick um later we will have her on and like I said she was and well, she is still in Houston and 
with everything going on with um the recovery from Hurricane Harvey and at this moment basically having the state of Florida and basically all Cuba, Puerto Rico all bracing for Hurricane Irma. So, so it's hurricane season, y'all, so it's it's um it's that time of the year. So not only the fact that as far as what could possibly happen in Florida, I was planning to be in Florida next week. Well, next, well, next weekend, the 14th through the 16th for the Heritage Action Sentinel Summit. So kind of waiting to see how that how it plays out with the hurricane, if um, that's still going to go on. Just given the path of it, maybe it might you know miss uh orlando in general but even still even if it hits miami or a good part of the southern part of um florida you're still gonna have a lot going on down there actually i was thinking about if we do have the summit i'm just thinking like right off the top of my head but if we still have the summit down there maybe we'll we can do something for the people in south florida given you know given how hard it hits uh, when it you know, when it happens but you know i'm just thinking now before uh, you know before that happens in, in case something does you know, very tragic happens down there but uh, yeah so the this is trend chat so the main trend right now is daca <laughs> that is that is the word no, it's not the word it's a, it's a you know it stands for deferred action for childhood arrivals and <laughs> that is the hot topic right now because president trump has looked to end that program and i guess i think uh, congress has 6 months to do something as far as I guess reform and something like that, which here's my thing about DACA for one it's it was made up. <laughs> it was something that president Obama, you know, signed and were had made up this program. So for one, you basically have the executive branch doing the job of the legislative branch. And we all think probably remember Obama saying, well, paraphrasing, if Congress don't act, I have a pen on the phone, basically saying, I'm just, well, I'm going to legislate from the, from the Oval Office, basically. So, and DACA is one of those examples. So, to have President Trump come back now and in that program shouldn't really be controversial because the simple fact it shouldn't have been done in the first place. But, the thing about it, it's just like all these other programs uh, with <laughs> the ones that are, that we all know about, like Social Security or M Medicare. Just just name whatever program you could think of. Regardless of how constitutional it is, it really that really doesn't matter as long as it gets enacted, as long as it gets as long as it get its foot in the door. It's really all that really matters because it really 
it's an analogy I hear sometimes, but it really is like crack. It's like drugs. It's like heroin. Once you give people that that taste, it doesn't even matter if it's supposed to be there or not. Or it's, but once you give them that that hit, they now they're addicted. <laughs> and now, I mean, once you have started something like this, it makes it so difficult to get rid of it, even if the, even if it's the right thing to do, because it just. Like I say, just like when the people get a hold of it and, you know, whoever that is the beneficiary of it, then once you take it, if you talk about taking it away, then you just seem as, you know, as heartless. Why are you taking this away? Even if it's for the, all the right reasons. But just because somebody's getting the benefit for it does not make it right. <laughs> just because someone is is getting something out of it doesn't make the whole program constitutional but we've seen you know if you go to what is it like waters world or, or kind of like when jay leno used to do the whole jaywalking thing a lot of a lot of people don't really have any clue about what's constitutional or not and even if they do there's so many people that have all their other interpretations of the constitution so whether it's uh, it's a living document or this or whatever, as opposed to reading the Constitution for what it says. Basically, like you do everything else, basically how you will want to be if you know if you were talking to someone that talk wanted to say about what well, the Constitution is a what well, the Constitution is a living document, and you can or have this, I guess, interpretation of where you can make it say whatever you wanted to say according to how you feel even though if you would tell that same person that has that thought what well, how would you feel if that's how people interpreted things that you say like you know you mean this but yet i'm going to just change what you said or change the interpretation or i'm just gonna take it the way i want to take it regardless of how you meant meant it to be when you said it if you told people like that, they're like, no, I meant it like I like this. That's what I meant. Well, that's, you know, then you just turn around and say, well, that doesn't matter. It's about how I feel about it. So if you tell me the, you know, the sky is blue and I come back to you and say, oh, so you said the, oh, the sky is orange. No, I said the sky is blue. No, well, no, well, I feel like it's that you said the sky is orange. But I said it was blue. So, you know, anyway, that's just a very simple way of looking at it, especially towards people who want to use this whole living document argument for uh, the Constitution or basically just want to make it fit whatever agenda they're on that day. And that kind of that cuts both ways. So regardless if you're a conservative or a liberal, that's you stick to what the constitution says regardless of the party so so well that's why how I feel about DACA even being in there in the first place just <laughs> so the fact that I, I have no problem with it being um, for with President Trump getting rid of it 
but that being said now you have a, a at least a good number of republicans who just like instantly came out and was against what president trump has done and <laughs> you know i'm seeing from a good number of these republicans i mean really they're they have more fight against trump than they ever showed against president obama like what it seems like you have these number of these republicans out here who uh take every chance they can think of to just to be have some animus towards trump or about anything meanwhile the past eight years these same republicans would be oh well we can't do anything he's the president you know we maybe if you put a republican in the white house maybe we'll have some more power or something like that <laughs> but now you actually have a Republican in and now you just sit there and just bicker and fight every time you can. I, I, I wish I saw this sort of fight and pushback from some of these Republicans when Obama was doing, you know, DACA or any, you know, uh, anything else you can think of. But it seems like they're, they're so willing to just jump on President Trump about anything. And yet, when you had to pass eight years, they were just sitting back and just like, well, I just guess we're just going to have to go along to get along because, you know, we we can't do nothing. We have no power, you know, even though they do, especially in the legislative branch, especially as the House of Represent Representatives having the, um, the, the power of the purse. But they don't want to do that. They don't want to look look like they are uh, obstructionists and whatnot and definitely don't want to upset their so-called friends um, on the other side that they, I guess they want to be friends with, which is actually the, you know, as far as thinking about, this is kind of showing in a way that you have a good number of Republicans who pop talked a big game at a press conference or at a stump speech, but we're clearly seeing they were more in line with Obama than they were putting on, which is not surprising to me, but it's definitely you seeing it now just because what I'm saying as far as they're, you know, they're fighting against Trump then more than they ever did with Obama. And I guess from the looks of it, I'm guessing because they agreed with DACA. They actually agreed with Obamacare, but they couldn't just come out and say it because then, you know, the people back home would vote them out. So they'll just talk a big game and say, no, we got to repeal this. And and we have to be about the rule of law when it comes to DACA and illegal immigration and all that. We, you know, we talk tough, but then we turn right around as soon as we <laughs> know we have got another term turn right back around and just start kicking the can down the road just saying all oh, shucks I guess we can't do anything because Obama's in the office <laughs> so, and um but um yeah so it's that's it's a uh, just sad especially to people who maybe didn't 
see it coming. Like for me, it just I kind of could see it coming in a way because you kind of saw that whether it's with um, Obamacare or or even with uh, immigration or whether you want to call it immigration reform or whatnot. But the, the one thing I was thinking is that okay these Republicans that I'm talking about they just running straight to these talk shows just to voice their opposition to Trump right now is because of DACA but basically you name it you have somebody out there running to a you know they're friendly liberal <laughs> news source uh, you, you take your pick whoever it is it ain't gotta be CNN it could be any <laughs> you can pick another news source There, there's plenty of them and they're quick to run on their show and say yeah I don't agree with Trump yes Trump is bad Yeah, you know basically it sounds like it's trying to soothe these Democrats <laughs> or soothe the liberals as far as saying yeah yeah we agree that you know these Republicans are just saying yeah I yeah, we agree. Trump's a mean man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we agree with you. We stand with you. And sound like they've been standing with them all this time. And I don't get it for another sense because obviously they must be just basically just for DACA in this and just talking about this because that's what's the trend right now. That's the topic now. But you take your pick because if you have an issue where you know the other side is definitely is advocating for so we're talking about with with DACA right now could you at least if if I was a Republican and and I saw how the Democrats were reacting you know even before this happened you know you saw that it was coming how they were going to react when this comes down could you at least at fact you know, use it as a bargaining, you know, as a, some sort of bargaining chip, you know, to negotiate. You know, let's bargain. Okay, yeah. You don't like that President Trump has ended DACA. If I'm, I'm a Republican up in Congress, then let's, you know, let's talk about, let's, you know, negotiate then. Let's say, okay, I give you a little bit of this and then you give me this as far as working towards some conservative you know, plan that I'm trying to get through. So if you're talking about DACA, let's say, I don't know, funding for the wall or or something about Obamacare, just something. <laughs> you know, I, that's what I'm thinking about. Why they can at least say, okay, we kind of we see what the president is doing as far as ending DACA, but and you can just say that, you know, publicly it's at least, and then you can maybe call those Democrats up and you no, know, say hey, do you want to negotiate? You want to keep this in DACA? Well, we want this in out of Obamacare, or you want this out of um, as far as immigration reform as far as dealing with illegal immigration you know but it seems like they they're not even caring about going towards the bargaining for this they just want to run straight to the liberals and just stand with them 
I mean, I'm saying as far as some of these Republicans, though, I am going on a rant. I can feel it. <laughs> I haven't even looked at the time, but I know I'm going on a rant on this. And I definitely want to make sure we get with them. Give time for Jennifer as far as to talk about what's going on down in Houston. So I'm just going to end on that. So the rant is over. And before I go to my next probably other rant let's <laughs> uh, hear from our friends with the Founder Project Hello Trend Chat listeners if you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages and our educational meme series, we think you will love our new website join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement the Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Yep. Thank you to the Founding Project for that. And this is not going to be that long of a rant. <laughs> I said it. Then again, I didn't think that deck of was going to be that long, but. That's one thing I like about the podcast. I just go with it. And we are just going to go with it now. So we're coming up on the first game of the regular season for the National Football League, the NFL. And I care less. <laughs> I haven't cared much about it. I've actually ran it on this a couple of, I don't know what episode it was, but I went on and ran as far as just talking about boycotts because this was when the just talking about the boycott last year because of the anthem protest with Colin Kaepernick and now here we are with as I guess recording right now Colin Kaepernick is still not on the team and that is really tragic and I know there's a lot of people out there that really I mean, they really, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to break that to you, but Colin Kaepernick is not, yeah, he's not playing still, I'm sorry, I I know, I know, I know it's an injustice, I know it is, but it's gonna be okay, little baby, little Colin is gonna be okay, it's gonna be alright, don't cry, please, please, maybe you'll play on something, you ever thought about going to Canada, maybe arena football, I don't know, I don't know. But I mean, in, I mean, I know your people are feeling the same way, but <laughs> I, I can care less if you can't tell. <laughs> but um, you know, why would someone go through the the trouble of signing Colin Kaepernick to be a backup quarterback? someone that's probably never you know not going to go on the field so what is the point to go through all that controversy and bringing this guy in for him for someone that's not going to contribute to the team or not even going to have a chance to to show his talent however much he has left he's not going to have the opportunity i mean I guess it depends on who the starting quarterback is, but for the most part, you're a backup. So I feel like if he had, you know, 
I guess, Cam Newton or Aaron Rodgers type talent or Tom Brady, you know, kind of talent. He would have been signed by now. They wouldn't. This controversy would not have held <laughs> held him back as far as getting on a team. Then because he can get on the field and he can produce. That would be the argument because that's, no, that's the argument all the time as far as you, you have all these other guys who have been done reprehensible things and still good on a team because they are talented. But if you're not, you're not going to get on the team. Now, I don't agree with that thought process. If someone that's lacking in character, I'm no, I don't care how good they are. If they're not on the team, I'm not going to cry about it. But also, I don't bet on this. <laughs> you know, I'm not putting money down for gambling on these sports. So that's one reason I definitely don't care nearly as much of, as far as who and as far as winning over character. But that's one factor in why you have such a, I guess, rabbit. I guess fanaticism for sports in general because people put money on it and they want the best they can get so they can win that money. So in my case, I'm not. So I, I'd rather have somebody with better character as opposed to just grabbing folks from the pen <laughs> in a way just to, just to get a, a win. Hey, but you know, you know, I think that kind of rhymed actually. Did I just like did a I just rhymed a little bit, I think. I don't even I didn't even notice that. Pin and win. It was in there somewhere. I'll play it back. But <laughs> but uh yeah, so NFL starting I I think on Thursday, so who knows? Cabinet might get signed before the end of the of the season. You know, actually, someone brought up about Johnny Manziel and because he hasn't been signed. So I don't think that's a good comparison because Johnny Manziel, I mean, is not as good of a quarterback as Colin Kaepernick is, even though Kaepernick is at a backup quarterback level. I think Johnny Manziel is at a practice team level at this point. Well, maybe he's gotten better, but still, he has a lot of baggage, too. So. Why would you, for the same reason, why would you bother even taking the chance on the experiment with all the what he has going on? I mean, we're all for second chances, but, you know, second chances are not guaranteed either. Shouldn't just assume you're going to get a second chance. No. Playing football, playing sports, it's a privilege. It's not something, it's not a right <laughs> You're not entitled to play football. If people don't want you, then you don't play. Simple as that. And unfortunately, you have a lot of people, especially for Kaepernick, have his support supporters out there. So that being said, I'm going to get to um, speaking with Jennifer Knessick. You know, it's funny, I actually remember talking to her the first time was um, with a, 
the movie Atlas Shrugged Part 3. And if you don't know, I had a small, very itty bitsy part in that movie. And I remember messaging out to her about it. And she was talking about doing uh, an event for now. This was 2014. So and she sent me a message about putting an event together for showing for the movie and all that. And I was thinking I was thinking like, I don't I have no clue about how to do any of that. <laughs> um, I was just telling her about the movie and and then she responded with that but it's funny even though i still i didn't do anything at that time that actually kind of sparked the interest for me to think about doing other things as far as um even like doing the whole delicate thing it was just something I, the delicate thing was something i never thought about but i guess it was from the, like that conversation with jennifer made me think well how do i start an event how could i do that and I guess that maybe was kind of the catalyst to right now hear me on Trend Chat. So that being said, we're going to talk with her and she's going to tell us about the recovery efforts down in Houston and, and a couple more other things. So here's our interview with Jennifer. Hello, this is Trend Chat, and we are pleased to have super activist Jennifer Knessick with us. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you today? Doing quite well. I've just wanted to speak with some of my friends and wanted to talk with you because you were affected down there with Hurricane Harvey. And I guess the first question I want to ask, well, how are you doing right now? You know, I think that everybody here in Houston is glad to be at the next stage. Uh, we're not in so much rescue as we are in regrouping and recovering. So that's going to, that's really, it's nice to transition to that. And, um, and so how were you affected? You know, I feel super blessed. Um, I feel, I personally live near the Galleria, and I was, for some reason, not affected with the flood. But, you know, it was pretty, pretty incredible to watch all of the people that you know and you care about so much to actually watch in live time their, their houses start to flood one by one. And it was just, it was probably the hardest part was that. But, you know, we all made it through and, and we're moving on. Yeah, and I've definitely, and I have many friends down there and just seeing some have not been affected as much. Some like totally lost everything and and definitely kind of seeing the spectrum both ways as far as uh, who was affected e- either way. So uh, how, I guess, the, the recovery efforts as far as everything going on, how's that working so far? I think that... It's been a little bit, I'm not going to lie, chaotic, but at the same time, people have really stepped up and kind of taken it upon themselves to just go out and make sure that their neighbors and their family um, and people that they they know well and care about um, are doing okay. And I think that a lot of people have grown to appreciate so many different aspects of, um, of the word community and what it really means and you know, we really showed that to each other, and I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah, now, I've been following your Facebook page as far as getting things together to help other people. So, like, what are the, what things uh, are, like, that you know of that you're helping people out? So, uh, you know, there has been a gathering of um, supplies such as water, and, um, you know, what they really started to... Um, come about was the supply list. So 
at first it was just water and just things that you would think you needed in an emergency. And then it started to transition to, to like real life. Like people are actually losing their entire home. And, you know, I, I watched all of the boats getting launched and people trying to set up areas and get them and, you know, get people in touch with officials to kind of direct them where to go um, to save people. And that was, that was pretty powerful to watch um, all online. And I say that because, you know, you really did see it real time when you were on social media and you really saw, saw the community activate and citizens really, really activate as well as our first responders and, and everybody involved. And so that's been pretty, pretty great. But, um, you know, Right now, I see supplies as in supplies to clean out people's homes. Almost everybody that I've actually went and helped has lost their entire, all of everything that they that they have. So a lot of these people are completely starting over, which I don't care if you make a lot, if you, you know, have a lot of money or a little bit of money, you're, you're back to, you know, everybody's affected no matter what. And so that's been pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, it kind of leads into my next question was, given that you're on the ground there, I guess I want to ask what specifically as far as what is needed as far as I guess the people want to donate and like what is really needed down there? You know, um, it's different for different people, but I really feel that um, it needs to be, people need to come and actually, you know, see this for themselves it's it's really hard and it's good to come in teams of you know eight to ten just so that you can go and actually see some and and help people get through you know what they've lost and pull up you know their house their carpet and different stuff like that that they need i don't see as much um let's see mosquito repellent and things like that have not been um donated in as much bulk as other things. And so I think that would be pretty powerful. I think that people need to realize for the next eight weeks, we're going to be in recovery mode. Um, you know, you don't, you don't have to quote me on the time, but we really need people and teams um, deciding to come down um, weeks from now. So if you can get in touch with someone that you know that's actually, have, you know, has has a plan for what they're, what they're doing and, and homes that they've, and people that they're going to, they're going to help in the next eight weeks, decide to commit yourself to two of those weeks and coming down for at least a day and a half. And I think that you will really see how powerful and how, you know, we can actually get get Houston through all of this in Southeast Texas. Yeah, that's actually a good to know because given with the, the media cycle and how it goes and when something like this happens, the media attention tends to be, you know, great for a week or two, but as you were saying, you might be going along for like, you know, eight to ten weeks, and people tend to that tend to tail off as far as thinking about going or donating and whatnot because they've kind of moved on to the next story. So that's kind of something good to hear for people to know uh, to just continue on and maybe to if you're thinking of doing anything, maybe you might want to wait a couple of weeks or so so you can be in that group of people coming in when you still are needing needing the help. So um, now uh, one thing um, I guess to kind of go to another topic and I noticed that there is something called right to speak. And I just wanted you to talk, talk a little bit about, about that. 
So that's really exciting. Um, I feel pretty blessed to be able to be around such amazing, empowering women and this group of, of women that has been the founders and the co-founders of it. Um, they're incredible. And they really are, are giving all women a platform to have a conversation that doesn't have to revolve around set things that, that a feminist thinks they have to do or they have to say or they have to be. And it actually opens up. Um, that's why one of the hashtags, um, My Voice Matters, and another one, um, hashtag Elevate uh, the Debate, you're really opening up a, you know, your ability to have a conversation and inspire and empower other women through um, example, through you know, different media outlets, through just this actual campaign that is really moving forward this idea of having, you know, um, a real debate on differences without any fear, without any threat. That my go-to is, you know, we seek to engage, educate, and elevate the debate as um, to a level that has never been attempted. You know, everybody keeps pushing from what you know what they call the left, the far left, and we we are from you know women that are conservative, some are millennials. You know, it it ranges all across the different generations, and we're here to say that you know we actually that they don't speak they don't speak for us, and and we actually you know, want people to understand that we have more depth and, and we really want to talk about issues. We want to talk about issues that are important um, for the country, for women, um, and move forward. Yeah, and so as far as, I, well, I guess you were saying that it's kind of just really getting started. So what, I guess, what are your goals as far as the the whole movement and what are you looking to accomplish? I, you know, I think that with the launch um, of so it was basically um, not uh, not my protest launch to the day this past year where um, nobody, you know, women were encouraged not to spend um, money in the economy, not to um, go to work, so forth. And that just isn't responsible. And so we, you know, that really was a launching point um, for, for this mission. And from there, you know, it really hopes to have a goal to really, like it says, engage, educate, and elevate the debate. So basically having a space where, you know, you find common ground and you can have um, voices from all over the nation basically talk to, to each other on and, and speak on matters that are concerning um, and kind of getting solution-oriented in that uh, in that rhetoric. So... Okay. Now, I guess one other thing that was kind of piqued my interest is that um, I saw that you spent a little time with ABC Sports, which I actually just want to ask a little bit about that. Um, how you know how is that as far as I saw they saying you was a personal assistant to the head of production. So yeah, mm-hmm. how how was that? Um, it was an incredible experience. I was fortunate to be in my senior year of college, and um, I would, you know, college game day had come, and they just fell in love with me and another uh, one of my really, really close friends in college, and they gave us both the opportunity to, um, you know, fly with them to a new um, location for, you know, football games every week. So we would leave on Tuesday and we'd come back on Saturday. Well, I ended up taking the position and it was 
incredible. It was, um, it was a huge learning experience. I took every single part of that and kind of, you know, as much as I could experienced and, and lived that. Um, and it was, it was unbelievable. It was, you know, I call it my glory days and, um, I'm super fortunate for it. And I, I learned so much, um, that I, I still use today. So, so you was out there with the, like they had the crowd out there with, um, Lee Corso and all of them. So you was out there in that crowd of people or what? Yeah, so I really, um, so Brett Musburger and, um, Bob Davey and, they were the ABC crew, so we, but yes, they, you know, they were the actual game crew, but yes, uh, Kirk Kerr Street was there every, every week as well. They would pick the most popular game, I guess that was going to get the highest ratings and they would send us there. And so we would, we would, you know, I would follow them. And so I was there from the start of production where you just, you're laying cables, you're setting up the sky cam, you are doing everything from start to finish and to see all the different parts of what goes into, you know, a, a just one football game production is pretty impressive. It's not, not an easy feat. And so, you know, it was pretty incredible to see all that and to, to learn the different aspects of it. Um, one of my favorite moments is I was the first Aggie. Well, I guess the second Aggie, cause um, one of my girlfriends came one Thanksgiving as a, as a runner with us, but we were the first uh, Aggies to hold the Heisman Trophy, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, okay. Now, I could yeah. probably ask you a million questions about this, but one, I guess, a question is, I guess, I guess, go through like a, a day, for so from the beginning to the end, kind of how the, how all that works. You would just get up super early, and you know, whenever people were getting married, would uh, people would get in at different 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 days before they would, um, before Saturday. So, you know, cameramen would usually get there pretty early and so forth. And so, um, there were three guys that were kind of the top, um, there's like, you know, the production side and then the talent side, the talent side kind of dealt with the announcers and, you know, everything and the people, um, any celebrities that would show up and so forth. And then the production side is basically the, the, logistics and, and actually setting up and running everything. So you'd wake up, um, be out of your hotel and to, to the stadium by 7.30. Um, and then you would just kind of go through your day. Game day was actually pretty fun because during the actual um, game, I was always kind of let to go do my own thing. So um, I was pretty fortunate to be able to be on the field and so forth um, during that. But um, you would just basically, I would do, you know, sometimes I would go get snacks um, just to set all that up. I would have to do per diem sheets, which people would turn in, um, you know, what they spent and um, things like that. And I would just, you know, do some paperwork and basically make sure everything was flowing, um, you know, how it was supposed to be flowing. So I was kind of just, just the support on that, but it was just really incredible to be able to be a part of such a team and a, really a family. Um, and, you know, people don't get to see that side of things very often. So it was pretty neat to be able to do that for, for a whole semester. Okay. How can everyone get in touch with you on social media and with Right to Speak and how to, if they want to get involved with the movement? I really appreciate you so much. And, um, you know, thank you for, for letting us have a voice. And if you could go to at Right to Speak, and the two is um, the actual number two. So R I G 
T-H-C-2-S-P-E-A-K. And then my name's Jennifer Knezik. You you know, you can find me on Facebook or Twitter, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, last name K-N-E-S-E-K. But right to speak, hashtag My Voice Matters. Um, it's a great, great movement, and we hope to see see you there. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, and also thank you for what you're doing um, down there as far as helping out down in the southeast region of, of Texas, and just hopefully everyone else just continue to keep everyone in their prayers. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, we need them. Thank you. Hello, Trend Chat fans. The Founding Project invites you to experience our latest resource to take civics to citizens, TFP's new website. Visit us at www.thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Join us today. Yep, and thanks to Jennifer for joining us. And also, that word from The Founding Project. So, that is probably it for this week. Probably. Like I say, I don't know. Who knows? I might have a rant boiling in my head about something that I've really got to get off my chest this week. But um, I think that's probably is it. I'm thinking about maybe doing some on Periscope or something, but I don't know. I'll let everyone know on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Trend Chat 24-7, Google Play, iTunes, Our Heart Radio. So that being said, Until next time, we'll chat with you later. when your coffee matches your mood it's a vibe explore coffee that fits yours with starbucks by nespresso for virtuo now at target simply add what you love for that perfect cup of coffee that keeps up with you cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier now you can use your contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your tv screen using simple voice commands That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today.